Town Bank Mortgage, NMLS number 512138, is an equal housing lender. This podcast is for informational purposes only. And now, the man born with a 5 o'clock shadow and with the NMLS number 2028201. He is a gentleman. He is a scholar. He is... Tyler Crawley. Oh, man, what a treat. One of the rare Monday editions of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am the aforementioned host of this podcast, Tyler Crawley, and I do want to let you know, we got a lot to get to. It was a rare, so not only are you getting a rare Monday show, a lot of it was because it was a rare, busy Friday. There was a lot going on on Friday, and uh, here's the problem. It's a pretty slow week (laughs) ahead of us, so do not get used, do not get used, there we go. Uh, to all of this data that we are going to be talking about on the Monday edition of Markets and Mortgages. Because we got residential construction. We're going to talk about what's happening in the South because that's where we are. We're in the South. Um, a lot of other people can cover the national stuff. We're going to talk about what's happening in the South. Uh, then we're going to talk about PPI. That's actually national, not just PPI in the South. And then we will discuss the very slow week. It actually starts off very slow and then kind of picks up, but not a lot. There's <laughs> not, not a lot uh, after that happens. So let's start with the big report on Friday, and that was residential construction. So we get these sort of three big data points, building permits, housing starts, and housing completions. And spoiler alert, they were all down. <laughs> they, well, actually, you know, hold on. The overall number, the top line number for all three categories, that was down. However, mostly that is because of multifamily. We are seeing a huge just constricting or contraction, uh, whatever con word you want to use to talk about the standstill that is multifamily spending. Um, when you look at a lot of the data, especially in the South, There was a lot of multifamily built over the last couple of years, and you're clearly seeing those numbers pulling back. Builders are pulling back. However, the problem is is that the top line number shows a slowdown, but when you look at the single family data, an entirely different story. So let's start with the beginning, where we always start. That's building permits. Privately owned housing units authorized by building permits fell to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 800,000 to start 2024. That was down 7% from December and was actually the third lowest rate in the last 12 months. So you look at that number and you go, whoa, building permits pull back. Pretty strong, pretty strong pullback. But once again, the devil's in the details. Single family permits actually rose to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 605,000. That was it was up a little bit, 1.2%, not a huge jump, but here's what's huge about this data point. That 605,000 is the highest level since May 2022. And what was happening in May of 2022? That was when we started to see the slowdown 
in the housing market. It was summer of 2022. And so that shows me that we are seeing single family demand, or at least builders are thinking that single family demand. That's why we also saw last week uh, home builder confidence was jumping up in the South. It was flat at a 50 uh, level. So not bad, not good, neutral. But that was the first time we've been there, I think, since July. I think it was July. So my point is, do not be fooled by that overall number. And then, of course, we're also going to talk about, (laughs) even though we saw a big drop in the overall number for the South, compared to the rest of the country, the South is still... um, at a very high level, <laughs> to put it, uh, put it simply. Uh, housing starts, privately owned housing starts fell to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 753000 in January. That was a big drop, almost 10%. A 10% drop, almost. 9.7 from December. That was the first drop in the last three months. Single family starts fell to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 579000 That was actually down 4.3% from December and was the second straight monthly decline. Housing completions, uh, they fell to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 803,000. That was also a big drop, 8.5%, and was also the first drop that we've seen in three months. Single family completions fell to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 535,000. A big drop, plummeting 14.1% from the month prior and the lowest level since January 2022. Now, that is not surprising. That should not be surprising because last year we saw confusion. I want to say confusion. There was not a lot of confidence in the building community, and that's why for the, a good part of last year, we did see builder confidence in the negative. Start of the year, we saw a little ramp up, um, going into the spring buying season, kind of held that way, then fell off midsummer, and then kind of just remained there. Uh, and then a little bit, a tick up towards the end of last year. And now the South, I'm talking about the South here, uh, back to a, a level of 50. However, the national index is still in negative territory. So it's not surprising that we are seeing housing completions fall by that much because there wasn't a lot of building activity. Um, we saw that all year, and that's why, you know, it's always sort of important to go in that order because, you know, it starts off with a permit, then it's a start, and then eventually you get to completion. And so you're always going to see building permits is sort of what's going to be happening, starts as well, and then housing completions is where builders thought or their confidence level was six months ago, a year ago depending on how long it takes to build a home, (laughs) depending on what's happening with the supply chain. So this is not all that surprising. To me, the big takeaway, once again, single-family permits rising to the highest level since May 2022. That's the big number. And then eventually that'll make its way to completions. (laughs) What we're hoping. Not always, you know. Just because you get the permit doesn't mean you're going to be moving forward. Okay, so as I mentioned, the drop that we saw across the board, top line number, every category, big drop, 7%, 9%, 8%, 9%, 8%, 9%, 8%, 9%, 8%, 9%, 8%, 9%, 8%, 9%, 8%, 9%, 8%, 9%, 8%, 9%, 8%, 
However, despite the drop, the dominance of the South when it comes to construction still in full effect. Every single category, the South is over 50%. And then single family, (laughs) even better. So, for example, the South in January 2024 was responsible for 54% of building permits 56% of housing starts, and 56% of housing completions. That was top line number. Single family, (laughs) like I said, even better. The South was responsible for 60% of building permits, 57% of starts, and 62% of completions. So even though we are seeing somewhat of a pullback, in residential construction, which makes sense considering what we saw last year with builder confidence, the South still dominating the rest of the country. So not all that surprising. We've seen this, I mean, since the pandemic started and just continued. I mean, that number jumps up. I mean, sometimes it's 65%, sometimes it's 58%, but it's always between... It's always either low 60s, high 50s. (laughs) It's going to be weird one day when you see the South no longer making up at least 50% of any of those. I'm guessing permits because that sort of is usually the first indicator will be the first one to fall. And as of right now, (laughs) it doesn't look like it's going to be happening anytime soon. So that was residential construction. So obviously a big report, no doubt about that. Uh, Also on Friday, we got producer price index. And that was kind of interesting because usually we get CPI. And if you remember, CPI was hotter than expected. You get CPI. And then the next day, you get PPI. And every once in a while, bizarrely, you get a circumstance where you get PPI first. That happened one time last year. I can't remember which one it was, but there was one point where for some reason we got PPI first. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> and then we got CPI. In this case, PPI came out two days after CPI. And so a lot of people who were maybe overly optimistic going into CPI, because remember, once again, CPI, hotter than expected. So you had some people who were like, all right, okay, okay. We might have missed on CPI, but don't worry. PPI is going to bail us out. And it has been. We've seen a lot of good PPI reports, at least in 23. You know, PPI fell under the target rate of 2%, and it's kind of been hanging out underneath there for a good chunk of 23. And so did PPI save the day again? No, it did not. And in fact, it was worse because PPI was even hotter than expected than CPI. Now, the number wasn't higher, but what economists were projecting, a much bigger miss. So the month-over-month producer price index for final demand increased 0.3%. That was up from the 0.1% decline in December and was the biggest increase since August. And economists were projecting 
a 0.1% increase. So they were projecting an increase, but this was three times bigger than what they were expecting. So not surprisingly, the year-over-year number, while it did fall, did not fall anywhere near what they thought it was going to do. The index for final demand rose 0.9% compared to the same time last year. That is down from the 1% in December and is the second lowest level in the last six months. But once again, economists were projecting that number was going to fall to 0.6%. So instead of it falling to 0.6, it only fell to 0.9. So that's, that's a big miss. And once again, services are the reason for this increase. And we're not going to see meaningful drop in inflation until the service inflation gets taken care of. That's both for PPI and CPI. Because remember, PPI front runs CPI. So we're seeing services still expensive, still causing the inflation in producer prices. <laughs> that means they're going to continue to cause price increases when it comes to consumers. So the index for final demand goods fell 0.2% in January, a smaller drop in the 0.5% decline that we saw in December, but it was the fourth consecutive decline. The year-over-year number, the index, is now down 3.8% in January. That's bigger than the 2.7% decline in December, but smaller than the 4.5% decline in November. So goods, from a producer prices standpoint, we're, they're deflationary. <laughs> it's deflation. So what's happening with services? The index for final demand for services moved up 0.6%. There's your increase. Up from the one point or the 0.1% decline in December and the biggest drop since July 2023. And I'll be honest, I forgot to get the yearly number. <laughs> I was looking at my notes and I was like, wait, hold on. I, I didn't get it. So sorry. <laughs> I'll update it in the email. So if you're wondering what the number is, I will put it in the morning newsletter. I, however, forgot it before this podcast. <laughs> uh, I mean, I could always stop the podcast, look it up and then act like it never happened. But that's not how I roll. <laughs> I just... <laughs> I pretend I'm live and whoops. So it'll be in the newsletter if you do want to know what it is. But the reality is, is that services based on where we know, I mean, I mean, the reality is, is that the goods year over year number is down 3.8%. So you got to, you got to know where the service number is. It's, it's going to be up there in order to keep the top line number in the green. So until we see price growth fall, for services, we're, we're not going to see <laughs> that number uh, fall anymore. And, the, and, the, and when what's worrisome is that goods are not going to stay negative forever. So eventually, they're going to start moving back into the green. So services need to start pulling back and now. Otherwise, we're going to see inflation start to pick up again, <laughs> which consumers are not going to be a big fan of. So I said... It's going to be kind of a slow week, and I was not joking about that at all. In fact, we don't get a 
meaningful domestic report until Wednesday. So we got President's Day, that's today. And then Tuesday, the only real report that I saw was an inflation report from Canada. Eh? A, <laughs> like, all right, we're, we'll talk about that. Uh, that's expected to show the inflation rate slowing to 3.2% in Canada. Was that, was that supposed to be my Canadian accent? Canada? <laughs> I don't think that was Canadian. All I can do is say A. A. Canada. That's not, Can- that's not a Canadian accent. What am I doing? <laughs> that's, I'm not a voice actor. I am just a host for that exact reason. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to do the Fargo accent, and it's not working. It's not coming out. It's, it's like I can hear it in my head, but I, I can't. So we will move on. I'll spare you <laughs> the horrible attempt at a um, Canadian accent. Uh, don't you know? There you go. <laughs> There's Fargo. There's Fargo for you. Um, all right. So Tuesday, Canada inflation rate. And then Wednesday, ooh, it's a busy day. We get mortgage demand and rates at 7 a.m. And then 2 o'clock, FOMC minutes. Fun. And then Thursday, ooh, man, we got four data points. We got inflation data from the euro area. That's, a, that's expected to slow as well uh, to 2.8%. That would put them below where we are. Uh, initial jobless claims are expected to rise to 217,000. That would be in America. And then at 10 a.m., existing home sales are expected to rise 5%. In January, thanks to the uh, dip in mortgage rates that we saw in December, no doubt. And then 12 o'clock, noon, mortgage rates from Freddie Mac. And then that's it. <laughs> so, whew, man, it's, it's funny how like whenever we have a ton of stuff, I can't do these podcasts. Like something just gets in the way. And then whenever it's like, oh, yeah, things are going to be kind of quiet this week. There's no data. And they're not like it's interconnected. It's not like when the data reports are coming out, like my job somehow is impacted by that. <laughs> like I have more work. So I don't know. It just, it's, it's, it's like challenging me. They're challenging me to come up with ideas for a show. And they're like, we're not going to give you a whole lot of stuff to work with. See what you can do. So we'll try and do a Tuesday show. Nothing coming out today though. So We'll see if we can make it work. Uh, but that's it. We, that, that, this could be the longest show of the week. Almost 20 minutes. We will see if we can beat it at any point this week. But you guys, enjoy your Monday. And if you're off, enjoy it. I am not. I am not off. I will be going into work. Um, it's not a three-day weekend for me, but for some it is. So if it is, and enjoy the third day of your weekend. And we'll be back here Tuesday for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait.